0: Hey, good evening, everybody. Yes, of course. This is 22 Now and Area 22 Productions, and I am your host, the only host, the one and only, the one that matters, Mark Mendoza. (laughs) That's actually a little bit of funny stuff there. I was going to say more silly things, but I think I'll just get into the show. Anyway, (laughs) Anyway, tonight, you know, we always have great guests, but this guy here on the screen turned out to be a great friend of mine. Of course, he's an amazing musician and an incredible singer. He's also a funny guy.
1: He thinks he's funny. He thinks he's amused. Do I amuse you? So if I'm hearing you correctly, I am the greatest guest of all time. Is that what I'm Don't don't push it. Okay, I was just, I just... <laughs> Anybody, please
0: anybody, everybody, please welcome my great friend, incredible guitar player, great singer, great songwriter, and someone that I will work with in the very near future. Everybody, nice warm welcome. Twenty-two now, Area Twenty-two Productions. Jeff, Jason Beeler. Wow, Jeff. Hey, Jeff Beeler's fine too. Jeff That's good. Beeler. I was thinking about your your uh, partner in uh,
1: in crime there. Understandable. He's floating off the coast of South America on some rock cruise at the moment. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy
1: life and uh, coming on with us. It is an absolute thrill, honor, and pleasure to be seen by you, my friend.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I'm going to steal a line from a movie. I shaved extra clothes today in preparation to getting smacked by you.
1: <laughs> I-, I did as well. This is Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> it's a hell of a cookie duster you got there. Uh, I shave with floaties, I don't know, pool floaties I don't know if I have that right, but <laughs> oh, floaties <laughs> Man, how are you? You know, I'm doing great, man I mean, uh, busy doing things that I love doing So it's not like being busy And uh, having a blast doing it
0: That's incredible um, The last time, well, we spoke spoken a number of times But the last time I believe I saw you was with uh, Jeff Scott Soto in LA, when you guys did your—I um, I don't think you should call it Beeler and Jason, or, or I mean uh, Beeler and Soto. I think it should be like just Jeff. Jason and Friends. Yeah, <laughs> Jason and <laughs> just Jeff and Jason. Sound like a you know like a a, a TV comedy kids show, Jeff and Jason. Or, it's, or it sounds like a naughty puppet show. <laughs> and you guys are de- well, you definitely are naughty. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah I appreciate definitely that. naughty. But uh, it was, um,
1: you guys are free and entertaining, man. Man, thanks so much. I mean, first of all, thanks for coming out. And, uh, I mean, we're just trying to kick it back to, you know, I mean, I don't want to say vaudeville, but that vaudeville cabaret style, you know, we want people to be entertained. And, you know, I it, 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 so we're, we're trying to mix things up. And, you know, first and foremost, trying not to bore each other. So I mean, like that's the first premise. Is like you know, as soon as either one of us starts to look at each other, like what the hell is going, we instantly derail the whole thing and go off on another tangent. And so it keeps us on our toes. And it's coming from a place of, of, of love and fun and and wanting people to feel good in the chaos of the world we're all living. You know, I, I want people to leave. And whether it's a song, whether it's a, a you know something stupid we said, which is more often than not. Uh, you know, they're they're laughing in the car. They're enjoying themselves on the way home and just having a great night. I mean, you know that that's the whole point of it. You know, is is uh, trying to extend what we do to other people. Well, of
0: course, it, Laura, I saw you. Well, we saw you actually do this uh, about I don't know last summer in Oregon, right. and um, it, I I don't think it was a full length show, and <clears throat> I couldn't pay complete attention, but it was very funny. But this time, you know, sitting stage right in front of uh, Jeff and uh being sub- subjected to you know comedy and uh you're actually sang a song about Laura yes. <laughs> it, was, it was very good and I, if you noticed she's you know small and she was sinking into the chair and she kept sinking lower and lower cuz she didn't want the attention on her
1: i have a, I, I, my songs throughout history have made women sink uh, that's I'm <laughs> saying. The <laughs>
0: Well, you did a great job that night. No, it was... was, uh, I'm telling you, I think you guys were, were on stage for just about an hour and a half.
1: Yeah. It felt like 25 minutes. You know, it feels that way to us, too. Like, literally, like, we're pulling stuff. Like, we have our set list kind of what we want to try to get to. And, I mean, almost all the time, we have to cut, like, half of what we were going to do out because... You know, we look down and we realize, like, oh, my God, you know, people have to get out of here. They paid for parking uh, kind of thing, you know. They paid for parking. <laughs> um, so, that you know, that, I mean, first and foremost, like I said, it's like it, it, Jeff and I have known each other for so long. So the idea of just getting together with him and obviously, in my opinion, one of the great rock metal singers of all time. Oh, uh,
0: and your opinion is correct.
1: But but just to get out there and hang with him, have a couple of drinks, sometimes maybe too many drinks. uh and then just you know, so it comes from this place of love and friendship, and uh, and admiration. Uh, at least that's me speaking of him. I, I he hates me, but
0: uh, and he said so was on the show a few weeks ago.
1: I know, I know, I know, I know. It's you it's, it's painful. If I had emotional context, I'd really be upset by that. But I'm just I'm a <laughs> I'm a vacant vessel of idiocy, so it doesn't really. Uh, <laughs> doesn't affect me. But, uh, no, but, I mean, obviously, just get to hang with my friend, you know, go to different cities around. The, we literally planned the whole thing like, oh, Chicago, that restaurant we love. Well, let's book a show. You know, uh, oh, that hotel is amazing in L.A. Let's do the show. And it's just come from this place. And it's been funny because it's the first time there's been no business agenda. There's been no plan. And it's taken on a whole life of its own and, and, and starting to sell out all over the place. You know, we'd never been to Nashville. We sold out City Winery. Uh, We just booked a bunch of new shows, and it's really taken on a life of its own, and it's it's about as much fun as you can have, I think. How long have you guys been doing this? Um, It started, like, I I want to say five or six years ago, I initially went by myself, and I was like, you know, I, I, I realize that I don't play well with others, generally speaking. I'm a pain in the ass, and I want to play with my toys the way I want to play with them. So... I went. I figured. Let me just take an acoustic guitar and a backpack and show up at a singer-songwriter venue, pure singer-songwriter venue. Like I didn't want to like play to like the metal crowd or anything that would be comfortable. I wanted to go where like Amy Mann plays, where where Ed Sheeran plays, like <laughs> well, you where really people. To, you're really
0: off the beaten path.
1: Yeah, just where no one and uh, and see if the songs stood up. That was the first thing, and then I started uh, opening my mouth, which happens more often than not, and people started laughing uh hopefully with me not at me and then jeff came to one of those shows and was like came up and did a couple songs and the second he came up there it was like this is just you know i i don't want to say magical but uh uh it, it just it just clicked and then we started putting them together and doing them around the country and having friends you know hopefully you'll come play with us in new york this time but we've had bumblefoot and joel hoekstra and todd kearns and brent fitz and Uh, Andy Black, Sugar, and all these different guys. You know, everywhere we go now, we kind of pull people in and uh, kind of expand this kind of orchestra of insanity. And uh, yeah, it's been just—it's just been so much fun. Uh, And just being
0: in the audience and watching it, I can't say enough about how entertaining it is. And everybody watching right now, and there's plenty of people on the chat, but uh, it, it, it is really worth. Going, I mean, if you got to go out of your way to see this, it's even worth it.
1: Thanks, man. I mean, we try to play these really cool venues where, you know, uh, people, you know, women don't have to worry about getting sweaty in a stand up pit. There's tables, chairs, high end cocktails and beverages and food in a lot of the places, and you can have a really great night. Um, you know, that's not like other things we may be known for doing. You know, it, it, uh, it's just trying to have an, you know, all comes out of just having people have a good time, man. I just want people to have fun.
0: It shows and it works, um, and like I said, it, it, it really it was. It. I, I swear I thought you guys were on for twenty five minutes. I'm like, you're saying good night now, and I realized I looked at my watch, going, these guys have been on for like an hour and a half already. You really laugh along and enjoy it. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, it, it it really is. It it's great, it, it, and everybody's got to see it. It's so entertaining. You know, I always I always. A lot of people say things and do things, but um, the entertainment value is super high. Even if you didn't know you guys, right? But obviously in the rock world, you both are extremely well-known. And maybe even further than that, now that you're doing this routine that you have with Jeff. But
1: fantastic. It really is. So entertaining. It's great. It's been funny because a lot of these venues, you know, like really great venues like City Winery or whatever... Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, the wife of the husband who saw Jeff play with Ingve, or saw me play, you know, with Saigon Kick or whatever, the wife comes up and goes, I can't tell you how upset I was that he dragged me here to this, and now it's the my favorite show I've seen this year. Like, that, and that's a really, that's the whole point, I think, is, like, you know, obviously you want the fans that you've had, and, you know, they're always welcome in a great part of everything we've done, but... It's the people who have no idea what we've done or no idea who we are, and kind of reluctantly get dragged to the show. Hearing the feedback from them has been, you know, awesome. It
0: really is awesome. It 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 it's um it's so different than what I, I believe you know your fans or 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 Jeff fans or everybody is used to seeing out of the name you know uh, Jason Beeler and Jeff Scott Soto. So. You know, we're all used to what we we've seen you do, Saigon Kick, and everything that 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 Jeff has done, and all of your solo projects too. But this is definitely completely different and so enjoyable,
1: really. Well, thanks, It's a natural extension of growing up, <clears a> thre- <throat> you know, a fan of the Three Stooges and Laurel and Hardy and Adam and Costello, and, <laughs> and 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 music. You know, it's that, the, yeah. <laughs> melding those two kind of things together is the goal.
0: It it really was it, it really was great. I, I just um you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna go so far into it where you're giving away your secrets and I'm not looking for that. But um it was great how your your reaction and Jeff's reaction was spontaneous. I mean, there wasn't anything. You looked at each other, even the way you looked at each other, everybody in the audience was laughing.
1: Right. Yeah. It, w- yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I can only, I mean, you'll understand this as a musician, it, 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 it's that vibe when you get when you're jamming with somebody and you have that sense of, like, knowing where each other's going, mm-hmm. it, you know, that part of the show is, you know, obviously there's touchstones or things we know we're going to say or, you know, just general points or things we're going to do, but the vast majority of it, the stuff that seems to go over the best is when it's, impro- it, you know, improvised jazz, when... Someone says something in the crowd, I see somebody do something, Jeff says something, or I say something to him, mm-hmm. or, and then it just goes off on these tangents and, you know, no one knows. It's like, you know, it's like working without a net. You know, you just roll with it. And, uh, it, it. you know, I mean, playing music is wonderful and having people feel passionate about that is a huge part of my life. But I don't know that there's anything more rewarding than physically making somebody laugh. Because um, I think you're your most natural, you're the most real when you're cracking up. I mean, you just can't I, think of anything I, else, you know what I mean? Well, right. So I think you get to the purest uh, expression of being a human being when you can make somebody laugh and have a good time. So comic, combining that with music to me is, you know, it, it's as fun as it gets.
0: Yeah, it, it's so... I've seen plenty of uh, comedy routines where people would sing songs, and, uh, you know, I wasn't too... You know, when you listen to... Um, i don't know like raw dog comedy on Sirius or any of them and then somebody gets up and starts doing a song i changed the channel well i mean the way we you guys wanted to it. be
1: yeah we, we didn't want it to be like a, a you know like jeff always hates anything acoustic shows jeff's like you know i i, I you know three songs in, i gotta get out of here <laughs> so we wanted to make sure it wasn't based in that i mean i think it owes itself more to and I'm not comparing us uh, to, the, to, to the Mighty D, but Tenacious D, uh, Flight of the Concords, true. Sure, um, sure. it's, it's more of that sensibility than, than a pure music show, I think. Uh,
0: yeah, it, it, you guys are touching on something that I haven't seen before and works. You know, you found the formula and it's, it's killer, man. It's just like right down the middle splits everything.
1: I appreciate that, man. It, thank it you. It really
0: does. I don't want to. We don't have
1: to talk about it the whole show and and get on. We got a lot of things. We, to can, talk we can we can spend hours talking about how brilliant I am. It really is a great. I have no I, got, I
0: have news for you. We're not going to do that.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> it's been a great talk, Mark. I want to thank you for having me on. <laughs> um, you are um, you
0: have a lot of stuff going on, um, and it, there's so much here. That we've been listening to and, and looking at, and uh, it's just some of it cracks. Some of it even cracks me up, you know. Before I even listened to the songs or watched anything, but um, I gotta say, first of all, you are one of the funniest dudes anybody will meet. You are you're yeah. funny, and you know I'm funny, and you know how you know I'm funny. You could just ask me, and I'll tell you. At, I'm stealing all this
1: stuff at the next show, I'm telling you. Hang
0: it on the table. A post-apocalyptic cubidor with a penchant
1: for sonically grotesque. What the F is that? I don't know. I just like to say things that makes journalists trip over the words. <laughs> <That is>
0: good. <laughs> and you have some of your new songs. Like I like it. I'm just going to say these the names of these songs in a row, and then we're going to ask you some questions. Sure. Uh, some new great songs. Numb, Heathens, Flying Monkeys, Sick Riff, <laughs> Bear Sedatives, and Human Head.
1: Yes. Are these all descriptions of you? It is. The, the length, I'm known as the Fred Gwynn of heavy metal. I don't know if you know that. I have a very Franken head. So uh, these are all, you know. Uh, I was briefly known as the Ron Perlman of 70 rock. But uh, but no, I, I mean, the funny thing is I finished this record and, and, and I have a when I write, you know, generally speaking, it comes to me not like, a, you know, visions or something, but it just all comes to me at one time, music, generally speaking, even the majority of the lyrical content. And I almost feel like my job is to get out of the way. So it wasn't until I had to assemble this whole record with all the lyrics because I wanted to make sure they were proofread because I didn't want to have a double vinyl record be a testament to my idiocy of not being able to spell. So I wanted to proofread everything. And I gave it to my wife and I gave it to my genius art person, Robert. And uh, shortly after they had all the lyrics and went through, and they were like, you should see somebody. Like, you, you, you have, like, some serious issues. And I was like, oh, I didn't even, I never really paid attention to what I was doing. And then,, uh, as I started to read through it, I was like, you know it, it really is a loosely uh, woven concept record about one losing their sanity.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose so. It like um, numb. Are you really numb from everything that's gone on around you?
1: No. I'm a happy go lucky cat. I, I there's the demons inside me that I I exercise via the music, fortunately, so I don't have to act upon my impulses in real life. Oh boy. <laughs> Heathens? Um, it's really hard for me to say you know, one of the things like with I mean, lyrics
0: say that, is again. that I yeah. Pardon
1: me? Go ahead, say that again. Saying, with lyrics, like I hate really going into them too much because
0: no, I'm not asking you to explain the lyrics. Just you know, just the title even. The title. It, it, so
1: yeah, it's it, it's really different, because like if I, if I ever met Paul McCartney, I sat down, I was like, dude, yesterday, I mean, and he was like, you know, that's really about a broken toaster. I'd be like, destroyed. I'd be like, oh, my whole life, I had this vision of you know this you know. So the, the, I think the most important thing is the and the beauty of music is what it makes other people feel and how they kind of take that. You know, you were even talking about with Jeff last time, you know, under the blade and how it's taken on these different lives for these different people. And oh, they've tremendous. they've made these whole meanings about it. Tremendous. That has nothing to do with it.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. We went through a lot with that. But, um, and, and, uh, and granted you, you make a really good point, which, uh, you know, I've talked to other people about It's, not so much in asking what the lyrics mean, but, you know, where it was that it came from, you know,
1: and you just explain that also. <laughs> but Yeah, it just because... comes from me. For me, it's like literally like I have voices in my head, and I, I just have to get it all out. You know, usually the music, the lyrics, and the melody generally come to me all at one time. So the biggest battle for me is to make sure I get it all out, and that makes me a terrible band member or collaborator generally because... I'm trying to write stuff, and someone's like, "You know, we could put a banjo." I'm like, Aah. "You know," I, I instantly go to that place because I'm really like funneling all this information out of my head at one time um, for a lot of these songs. So that's just the way I I I, uh, I work.
0: That's interesting.
1: Or, I, I or, could see or, it though, but I could
0: I could definitely see it in your personality and the way you, you write songs and and the lyrics that come out of it. But to To write a song, and and just about every song explains or tells some sort of a story. Mm -hmm. Something that the person either dreamt, the writer either dreamt or went through in life or an experience. And uh, to me, and I'm going to make a point here. To me, when we got music videos, it kind of took away the ability for the listener to say, I think this is what it means, and just... Make a paint a, a a a movie in three and a half minutes of right. how you think it would go or how it meant and listening to your lyrics don't make any videos because it they really make some great stories and and uh, scenes out of movies and things.
1: I mean that that you that's the whole thing. I mean I can only I don't begrudge where music has gone and how things are. I'm not one of those guys who you know hate guys of our eras that are like you know the music business sucks and everything was great you know in 1912 when it was only a tuba and a snare drum that was the it's like whatever yeah uh but i do feel that the magic of music was that some kind of self-realization that self visualization of what things were what that meant and and that and that you could have a million fans and each one has created their own movie in their head of what those lyrics were, what that song looks like, and what it means to them, that's kind of a magical
0: thing. About it is. Music. It, it certainly is. When I was younger and and got into music and uh, and all sorts of music, you know, listening to lyrics, painted pictures for me and made certain scenes <clears throat> that <clears throat> when we started seeing, or when someone made a, uh, when I finally saw the video for the song back, when you would hear the song before a video, like in the 80s, um, I was sometimes disappointed. Like that's what they meant, you know. It, to yeah, me, it was when, so important. Like when you read the book, when you read the book, you kind of formed scenes out of your mind, and no one showed that, you, uh, you know, what it meant to them. I mean, it's interesting when so- when a songwriter writes the song and what they were thinking of, but when it, when it goes to video, it, it takes your imagination
1: away from the actual listener for sure and that I means the same thing you hear with people mm-hmm. i mean i'm not a great example because i didn't read the harry potter books but uh my wife did and i saw the movies. so to me the movies are always exactly what the book that that's you know that's what they are to me but anybody who read the books or you know but i did read a lot of the stephen king books right and you know and then you see that, not that the movies are not great but they're just a whole different world than you envision and uh I don't know, it feels like a lot of the way modern media structures itself is to take your personal creative part away, like to, to eliminate your involvement in it. And, and uh, you know, music to me functions best when it lives in all those different people's heads differently. And, uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff we have now force feeds you. This is the idea. This is the visual. This is how it looks. This is what you're supposed to be thinking about. Um, and, I mean, that's cool, man. Like I said, what, whatever gets you through the night. But uh, I just, I, I liked it when it's more of an individual thing.
0: Yeah, I, I understand that, too. I I definitely understand that. But um, Danny Stanton made a comment uh, just to let everybody know that tickets go on sale. I didn't see the whole thing. What did he say about tickets go on sale in Massachusetts, New York? Mm-hmm. and?
1: Stilly Philly and Connecticut on Friday.
0: Connecticut on Friday? Yep, on Friday, Friday 10 a.m. So we'll make sure we, we cover all that and the, 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 the venues and the, and the times and places. I think it's four
1: days in a row, right? Yeah, yeah we're, doing four, we're, we're doing a little northeast run real quick, yep. Wow, four days in a row. Yeah, you Jeff's mean? ready to kill me already. <laughs> but he has, he, he has no Wi-Fi on the boat off of South America, so I just tell him, you know, he'll find out when he gets home what he's doing. They were announced this
0: morning. Okay. Well, we'll make sure that goes up on our chat and our, our sites so everybody knows where to buy tickets and go see you guys. Thanks. But Yeah, important stuff, without a doubt. And we'll be there. Oh, for sure. We'll all be there. I guarantee you we'll be there. It's um, the first
1: thing I've ever done with Danny. He was ready to, like, cut me as a client five seconds into it because I didn't promote myself properly.
0: Yeah, yeah, you got to make sure you do that with Danny. You do. <laughs> so... Again, you know, Flying Monkeys have anything to do with The the Wizard of Oz?
1: Well, here's where I will go with you on that. Um, When I wrote that riff, it it instantly made me visualize that scene with the Flying Monkeys, which I was horrified of as a kid. Um, So, yes, not in the sense of the song context, but that's where the title came from, uh, was was that that fear I had... uh, so you know, I had such a fear of monkeys as a young boy, uh, and ironically, I became a monkey as an adult. So I mean, you know, you know, face your fears. Do you still have that fear? No, I. If you'll notice, that's a sock monkey up on the sh- on the shelf I behind see, me. It, I <laughs> see. <laughs> Sick riff. Is it not feeling well? It is ill. Um, that was really just about, like, I was getting tired of, you know, I'm a fan of heavy music, always have been a fan of heavy music, but it just got to this point where, like, everybody was releasing records, and it was, this is our heaviest record yet. I'm like, shut up, just write a good song. Like, I don't need to hear how heavy your new record's going to be. Like, I, I, I am more in awe when a band goes, this record is not as heavy as our last record. I'm like, well, I got to check that out. That's interesting to me. Uh, so it, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek, uh, you know, owed to uh, the metal community's ability to constantly be trying to out-heavy themselves.
0: Wow. Okay. No, that's, that's great. I kind of thought that's where it was going to go. And I like, I like um, bear sedatives. Not that I've ever tried them, but I no. guess you have.
1: It's going to be actually the sequel to The Cocaine Bear. Uh, it's coming out, <laughs> I think. I was going to ask you about that. I'm in talks with Netflix as we speak uh, to get that done, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, that w- that just came to me like that, that that I don't know why. Like I, I seriously do need to probably seek some therapy at some point, but um, I, some I just help. walk around and these things come in my come into my head, you know, like, you know, bear sedatives, and I was like, and then the whole song kind of wrote itself.
0: And um human head, are you talking about yourself?
1: Well, thank you for asking. Um that, again, I think that for, I don't know what I was doing. I was, I was, I was walking, uh, through the piney hinterland by myself, uh, it, you know, uh, befriending all, uh, all wilderness creatures. And all of a sudden, uh, the line came to me, like, I bought a human head. And I was like, and then it all flowed from there. It's a really disturbing, uh, it is one of my. It's a pretty disturbing lyric overall.
0: It is. It is. It, 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 is that like maybe you want to have a human head because you don't have one now?
1: Well, I don't want to. Again, I keep pointing everything. Can you see the thing hanging over the yeah, door? I
0: see it. Yes.
1: I bought that from the jungles of Indonesia, and I can't verify or deny that it's not made of human hair. Uh, so uh, I do own a human head. It's not on the shelf. It's above the door
0: uh I thought it was between your shoulders,
1: well, many would say that's not a human head <laughs> that's it. well, you know the uh human head
0: the music is almost like it's almost like a lullaby kinda in the lyrics it i i it's just like you really do need help
1: yeah i mean i i, I can I'm good with that that's fair. <laughs>
0: Um, you know what? I don't want to. The idea is not to make fun of you. That's for sure.
1: You're not making fun of me. This is the best conversation I've had all week.
0: Really? I'm just well, You probably don't talk to anybody
1: then. No, I'm not allowed out.
0: <laughs> not allowed out. Really? What do they do? Uh, are you in the basement now?
1: I'm in one wing uh, on the other side of where the studio is. So, yeah, I'm, I'm away from everybody. Oh, okay. I have to ring a bell before I'm allowed into the other main so they, part of the house. They,
0: they just open the door and throw a, a raw steak in there for you or something?
1: Yeah. Just that or some kind of coffee, and I'm good to go for the next couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> so what is the most bizarre thing you have done on or off stage? Bizarre. I was thinking about this. You're a bizarre songwriter.
1: Yeah, it's weird because I don't realize the insanity that has become my life until someone else points it out to me that that's not really appropriate behavior for an adult. Um, That's a great question, and one I I would have to, like, really deeply, most bizarre thing I've done on or Laura,
0: Laura, you stumped the chump. That's a great question, Laura. Oh, you're welcome. She came up with that one.
1: I was told this was going to be all softballs. What's going on here? <laughs> all
0: softballs. You thought it was going to be warm and fuzzy, huh?
1: I thought that we could come right over the plate, like, you know, a mid-speed pitch, right?
0: Exactly. Right up mid-speed, like, right out of the park, right? That's what I thought. That's okay. not happening.
1: I've done many stupid things. Like, I mean, bizarre. I guess when the singer left our band, uh, in my old band, and I was... Kind of put in this position where I had to be a front man. I was convinced to buy Prince high-heeled boots, uh, which let's just say with my uh, with my girthy girl figure, that was not a good look.
0: Girthy girl figure
1: uh, was not was not the uh, sex appeal uh, that people were looking for at that particular time.
0: Oh, okay, all right. That's uh, you think that's bizarre though.
1: No, no. See, I'm, I'm really... No, I'm sorry. I I don't... I, I, I will, I'll come back to it. Something will pop in my head shortly. Okay, well, I've we'll, done a ton of weird stuff, I'm sure, but...
0: You had to have with lyrics like this.
1: I know, but I you're, I mean... Uh, I only... I, my favorite ice cream is vanilla. Yum.
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't know this is a yeah. Tiger Beat interview.
1: I thought we were doing, like, the dating game I was ready well, for, uh, like, you in, know... Favorite, favorite
0: uh, flavors vanilla. What's your favorite color? I mean, what we, is that where we're going here?
1: I like a dark blue. I like a. <laughs> I like a. Uh, I'm not a, a v- adverse to a rouge, uh, if if the season's calling for it. Okay. All right.
0: So. <laughs> Every now and then, our guests joke about the incorrect garbage on Wikipedia. week w- w- wow, man, w- Wikipedia. Do you have any huge disputes about what they say about you? Yeah, Wikipedia. Uh,
1: I did like that. Um, yeah you know, I don't. I don't pay attention to it generally. I find like the internet is is a is a wonderful place where I project out my views and nonsense, but I don't take much in because. For everybody who said you'll get one comment if you pay attention, someone's like, "Oh my God, you're the genius of our generation!" Oh my, you've you've changed my life. And then the next sentence you read, uh, Jason should be boiled alive in a vat of his own urine. So I try to uh, I try to avoid that constant reading of like what people say, and I kind of let it live on its own.
0: Well, wow. yeah, I, yeah, I don't I don't even look at the stuff.
1: No, <laughs> nothing good comes from it, really. Yeah, bullshit. yeah. What'd you
0: say? A uh, bullshit. A uh, bullshit. Right. Okay. Um. All right. So here's some of the people want to know, what is the one question you are sick of being asked?
1: My skincare routine.
0: <laughs> Do you actually have a skincare routine? I no. think you have a beard care routine
1: this is all i just rub raw salmon and maple syrup in it and it uh it takes on a life of its own does it really yes no um i don't i mean generally speaking i don't get annoyed um with any questions for the most part i get annoyed you know and we're in that press cycle now for the record when someone's just you know someone's just like not paying attention to what they're asking you they're kind of check checking so if someone's really interested and has any question i mean that's fair game to me and i'm, I'm fine with it but you i mean you've more than me have talked to those journalists where you know it's like oh i got this stupid assignment you know so um so twisted sister you know where'd you and you're just like and I could, I yeah, could be I eating know. a sandwich.
0: <laughs> if someone, if someone asks where you get got the name from, I say you, but you haven't done your homework. And I'm not answering that. Right. Yeah, the things like that. But um, I have a couple more. What is one question you wish someone would finally ask you? Like, what do you want me to ask you? Because I got a whole bunch of questions. But um, if somebody never breach a subject like you
1: breach, I am like breach. you know I was so excited to be the best guest ever and I am just crashing and burning on these questions No you're not crashing and burning it's um, really entertaining No um good gosh what was I I mean I get asked pretty much I'm a very shallow uh, uh, you know there's about this much of a layer to me when, I mean there's well, like that's three That's not my, true at all man stop saying that Your favorite color what do you like to eat and I'm pretty much an open book past that <laughs> okay here's
0: here's one that I was asked um a while ago. I thought in an interview that was a really good question, okay may not be to you if you could have dinner, bless you, Thank you. okay no oh, I felt that over here um if you I could, thought it, I thought it was me at first
1: I was like wow
0: yeah we're not that advanced I, here yeah <laughs> So if if you could have dinner with anybody from the past whether it's in your family or a very famous person or anything if you could have dinner with somebody who would you have dinner with tonight
1: I mean that is a great question I mean it's real I have this weird relationship with my heroes and they're perfect there are these perfect relationships like with david bowie and and you know uh, you know the beatles and all these people that i always in my twisted mind goes like oh man if i have dinner with einstein and he's an asshole, i mean i'm gonna be so like that's where my head automatically goes to like the, <laughs> to my dream dinner with you know sigmund freud Turning into a disaster. My head is I, I Larry David that, like immediately, like he's gonna he's not gonna like me. Uh, you know. Charlie Chaplin, I'm gonna trip on him and fall down and knock him out. Like my head is automatically going to the tragedy of this imagined dinner party. Uh how I fucked it all up for people. So like <laughs> that's where my head automatically goes. Uh, so I can't even enjoy an imaginary dinner party. Really? Like yeah, there be- isn't somebody
0: you could go back in that that that's affected your life or Negatively or positively, and 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 have dinner with them and and discuss something with them. Here's a guy who writes all this brilliant stuff. You yeah, think that, like, look at look at him on the screen, right, Laura? You look at him on the screen, and you know he's got a normal size, you know, head and body, but
1: in there it's really like a an Arabian tent. There's like yeah, it's just a, there's a marble bouncing around loose in like a giant cavern like, inside. a ball bearing, just just. Ping. Uh, yeah i mean th- these are great substantial questions I, I i mean i think there's a weird awkwardness uh to, to to me in situations like where i just fear like like that and i've never been comfortable with the whole uh what you know rock star hanging out with the celebrities and people like that i mean i'm great with my peers um, but I always, mean my brain just automatically goes to like, even when we toured with Cheap Trick, like they they would be like, "Oh, come on, jam songs with us." I can't do that. You guys are Cheap Trick. You know, it's a weird thing. I
0: I, I get it. I mean, and it, it, you know, I was asked that question. Oh, I don't know, for the first time. I thought it was it was a great interview, um, and it was really about uh, which I tried to do that here too. But also, there's so many fans. Watching this show, so I gotta stick to music and things like that, so because those are the questions that that people are asking but um yeah i was I was asked that question in in, in a in a, it i the answer came right out without even thinking or going, "Well, let me think about that for me who was it my parents Wow
1: that's a great answer, yeah, yeah. So, so the the question is, I, I was a circus baby, so my parents left me roadside years ago. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> what the the monkeys raised you? The monkeys raised me. The soft monkeys <laughs> the actually. Flying, the flying monkeys raised you. Now we know where the song comes from. That's amazing. <laughs> so, were you telling me that on the chat you're listing all the? The places that they're playing and where to find tickets—is that what you were doing? Yes, it is. Okay, so on the chat is where uh, uh, Jeff and Jason will be playing and where to get tickets mm-hmm. and all the information. So we'll keep that posted. Mm-hmm. Say that again, Laura. And then some. And then some. Whole bunch more information. Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much. So it's it's all up there, and we'll keep posting it and make sure everybody knows. And uh, you know, don't worry about it. I'll uh, I'll make sure people go. I'll catch I them on the street that. and say, pay for this show and get in there. I've done it before.
1: You're, uh, you are a hero. Extort to money
0: from that. people, you know, twist a few arms and pay here at the door. Go in and enjoy the show. Make sure you make a lot of noise clapping.
1: <laughs> you, my friend, uh, are a giant among uh, yeah. a, among a sea of people that don't do what they say they're going to do. Yeah, well, that'll probably happen anyway. But the... um.
0: Uh, so again, Laura's posting everything. I want everybody to to look at the stuff, take it, take it down, take a picture, take a screenshot, whatever you got to do. You got to go to these shows. Uh, we'll we'll be at the New York show, enjoying these guys, and I expect everybody else that I know to be there, and they'll awesome. do it because they'll Thank you do what much. I tell them to do.
1: <laughs> I need you to be a part of my life on a daily basis. <laughs>
0: Well, don't, don't wi- <laughs> be careful what you wish for, man, because <laughs> we, we might be working together.
1: We, I, actually, I just we are, feel man. like if you could just tell everybody in my life what to do. Jason wants you to do this, and you have such a commanding presence that my life would take a whole different trajectory with you in it. <laughs> well, you never know. It could. I want to
0: hit something really briefly that that a, a fan here um, mentioned. Was that the the question from the fan, Laura? Yes. I didn't see that one. 1990, Talesman Show. Drunk guy spitting on stage. You got the drunk guy to stop. Stop. Um, spitting.
1: I may have uh, pulled a wrestling maneuver where I launched myself from the stage upon such young gentlemen, and uh, and with a very elaborate sign language. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure this means please stop. Uh, in sign language. So I, I applied that symbol to his forehead like seven times trying to get him to understand.
0: Uh, yeah. Just those, were those just warning hits? You mean those, I, I hit him in the head just to warn him seven times? I
1: wasn't trying to hit I was literally trying to sign language him just really close to his face. Sign language. <laughs> Did you actually make contact? Uh, yes. I, I unfortunately drew the momentum of my leap. Uh... I wound up uh, not only—he uh, I, I, got the point.
0: So you're actually describing that you dove off the stage at this guy.
1: I was a young man. And I was an idiot. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. Well, that's—you know—that's one way of doing it. You know, I—I uh, I don't know if I could discuss this, but I did something similar, but I didn't jump off the stage. I broke somebody's nose—the bridge—the bridge of somebody's nose with the end of my bass guitar because they spit on me. So I went to the end of the stage and whelped him with it.
1: There was you know, at, at, I'm sure there's a much more mature way of handling things now, and I would not, you know, necessarily. Who, who I've never this? experienced that again. But I was 18. Exactly. I was with, so it was I, I was with
0: Jeff. Like 19 years, I was like 18 or 19 years old. Yes.
1: And uh, I had just, and Jeff was teaching me how to drink alcohol. So I was like, I had no bills in the world. I was getting a paycheck. It just seemed like a logical, smart thing to do.
0: We're in a club one night, and uh, somebody's heckling D, right? And uh, D just decided to dive off the stage, right? And the audience was great. I mean, all the fans, that were amazing. They're cheering and go. except for this one guy. And he goes to dive off the stage, and what do they do? They just part, and
1: he hits the floor. <laughs> it was horrible, man. Was horrible. Now, I, I, I mean this with all sincerity, because having been a fan back to when I, you know, I grew up, for a while in Long Island in Smithtown, and like I remember going to school, and every kid had to have the TS shirt. Right. And this was like around the time when you guys were playing the Beacon. Yes. And I couldn't get anybody to take me in to see the city to the show. But what mortal on their in their right mind would heckle Twisted Sister? You had to be the most intimidating looking band on the planet.
0: Yeah, I, I, I granted, yes, without a doubt. I mean, it was. Uh... You know, I could tell you many stories about that stuff, but the the show is really about you tonight. But I'll I'll, I'll touch on one. Um, You know, back in the 80s when, um, you know, we had just exploded, Stay Hungry was going nuts. And um, the guys, what can I say, Mike Portnoy, when he, (laughs) this is not the 80s now, but uh, Mike Portnoy just, after the third gig with us, said, you guys are the roughest bunch that I've ever been around. You know, and he's been around a lot of people because he's always in 115 bands at a time. Him and Jeff. uh, No, no, Mike Portnoy.
1: I know, but him and Jeff are in every band on the planet.
0: Exactly, exactly. Sometimes together, sometimes separate. But, um, yeah, he just said it's a rough crowd. So our manager um, in the 80s, Mark Puma, would, if somebody gave him a hard time, we're at a show someplace or the deal's not going right, he would say, why don't you come in and meet the band? Right, And he'd get a message to us that he was, before he came in, that this person needs to be roughed up. And he would come into the the dressing room or wherever we were and would slam the door closed. And the person would be mentally, physically, and verbally abused.
1: Yeah, brutal. I've Uh, never had the desire to heckle or do anything to anybody. But of all the bands, if that list of, if you ask me that question, you have to heckle a band. Christian sister would be the last on that list. I assure you. Exactly. Like yeah, I yeah. mean, you're all formidable guys. Yeah. And uh, I just don't I, don't. I would like that's a quick way to ruin your night.
0: Without a doubt. And and it was it, we'd set up a lot of things. You know, you'd always have someone somewhere, and quite often D would come over to me and go, you know, Section Two Sixty Two, the guy with the with the gray hat on. You know, and then okay, I knew what he meant. I'd go over and I'd talk to all the spot operators and I go when D points at him, stage lights off and every super trooper spotlight on this guy would be like the sun. Oh yeah, and it was it was done. It was it was done. So we'd do that and you know, D didn't always need that help, but oh yeah. Yeah, there would be a lot of that. That's the last he's like the last guy you want to challenge on stage. Yeah, yeah. The very last person. And you don't want to do it.
1: Are you like me though? Like the funny thing is, like even when I played like these massive festivals in Europe, I, you'd be playing for the forty thousand people screaming your name, and for some reason, I always I have this gift. I make ta- I make eye contact with the one guy who's like, <laughs> like, and then the whole show. All I can think about is that one guy. Really, I can't get my head. Oh, it just it it, it. it seems like every time I've played, like this vast crowd of people. No matter how enthusiastic the overall crowd is, I find the one idiot that uh yeah, like it's they, like he's planted that go, there and, that
0: didn't go on too often at a twisted sister show. No, I would imagine they not. got tortured and thrown out. Yeah.
1: That's a, the story of my life. <laughs> you,
0: why would you fixate on that one guy when there's 40,000 people there?
1: I don't know cuz I guess he stood out like the Where's Waldo thing cuz it was like, you know, everyone else is doing the right thing and there's just one guy Who's via his body language and his actions just instantly caught my eye, and then like you know, you're, I'm like, all right, whatever, screw you, and I'm playing. And I'm like, I bet he's still doing it. He's still doing it. Okay, I, and I, that, I'd spend the rest of the set kind of in that world. Yeah, really, you let something like that get to you? No, it didn't get to me. Oh, I just okay. couldn't think of. I couldn't get out of my like that son of a bitch. Like, what's wrong with him? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it was... And you know something? Some of the stuff that went on, I don't know, did you ever see us on those big shows? Yes, know, of like, course. And, you know, if you get like... And we never restricted bands that were on the show. I don't care if they were the opening bands and nobody knew it. You want to come see us, you could stand on stage because it's tough to get in those crowds with crowds with 122,000 people in front of you. You know, we get it. So we always let them on the stage, as long as they don't get in the way of our crew running around. So, but... When you get them on the side of the stage and they're like this, just standing there, you know, bored watching you, Yeah, you didn't want D's attention. Because then I would walk over there too and bully them and stuff. So, yeah, so either you participate or get off the stage.
1: Yeah, you're either there for the show or you're not.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, those things are never good for anybody. But I can't say, I can't even think of a band that did that. Most of them were going nuts and crazy and, and, uh, you know... (laughs) participating like they're supposed to.
1: I did. I did have the weirdest one of all time. And I'm not even sure if the guy loved me or hated me, but he was in front and he's right in front of where I was playing. And I, and I went to play a guitar solo and he took out a lighter and like started burning the roof of his mouth. I, I think he loved me. I don't know. He hated me. It smelled weird, but it was great. I, I, I He wasn't mad at me, but he wasn't clapping. But well, that's that maybe, was his maybe, sign of affection. What? He was
0: telling him he's hot. <laughs> well, we'll go with that one in a minute. Your know, mate, maybe he read your lyrics.
1: He probably did. Yeah,
0: actually Laura said he was telling you that you're hot.
1: Laura and me. <laughs> <laughs> The only way he could express his inner desires was to actually light himself on fire.
0: Uh, was it burning? Did you see like his whole mouth? on I fire? couldn't see
1: into his mouth. I wasn't like I don't have that kind of flexibility during my guitar solo. But uh, the lighter, the flame was definitely going up into the roof of his mouth, and there was a uh, there was a, I wouldn't say bacon odor, uh, it was, but it, something was wrong. Something, was, something
0: was wrong. Something was severely wrong. <laughs> It, it's uh, a <laughs> great delivery, man. I love your dry delivery. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, dry delivery. So um, you got some eclectic guitar collection behind you there. I'm watching. I'm looking at these guitars. Oh yeah. I can't see them clearly. Is there anything like that we should
1: know about back there? Um, that's a Martin D35. That's like 35 years old, which I love. Oh, yeah. That's a great guitar. That's a Tele. Um, that I got in Japan, and the only other person I know that has that exact telly is James Hetfield. Oh, really? It was like a thing made by ESP, and they weren't supposed to be making the Fender, but in Japan, they were allowed to mess with the trademark. Right. And uh, so the, so there's that. Um, the other guitar is a PRS, uh, NF3, which they discontinued, uh-huh. probably because I, I started playing it. Right. Um, and then I got a Fender Strat, over in the corner here. Um, that guitar... Where, where is my hand? Uh, that guitar yeah. is made by the Meradians, uh, who are uh, kids in Boston who made Chris Squire's bass. Bass. The, the bass, and, uh, and they made the original N4 for Nuno. Ah, okay. So they had made that guitar for me. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't keep too many guitars. If I don't play them, they got to get out of here. I don't like them as furniture. Hmm.
0: You, uh, When I saw you play with uh, with Jeff uh, a, a month or so ago, uh, you were playing a Strat. That, yeah, that one right there. That one right there. That's your favorite guitar?
1: It's the one I'm not worried about if it gets smashed or lost. That's or, a good point. And it's a great point, right? Yeah. yeah it's, it, it's a great workhorse. I do love it. So I will be heartbroken if something ever happens to it at this point because it's been my, like, you know, it's not the greatest hammer, but it's my hammer.
0: Listen as long as it works and feels great in your hands and you play it without a doubt yes. cuz you certainly were uh as as much as you didn't play metal that night you know great guitar player man oh thank you coming from you to that's a huge compliment great great guitar player really interesting and uh um what do uh that again fans asking and we have to pay attention to so um If you were going to go out and just do rock music tomorrow to say we have some gigs, what guitar would you play and pedals and amps and stuff? What would you use?
1: Uh, i probably use that Strat um, or I have a, a, yeah, probably the Strat. And then I have a, I use a company called Victory out of the UK. Um, Yes. Richie Kotzen is also with Victory and uh, Guthrie Govan, one of the. Most insane guitar players on the planet. Sure. I'm not a huge pedal guy. I also have a deal with Neural DSP who makes the, like these quad cortex like modeler kind of yes, things. I it's unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. Um, but I'm, I'm, I, I find myself happiest when I can take a cable and plug into an amp and it sounds the way I want it to sound. I don't like a lot of knobs. I don't like a lot of push-pull stuff. Um, and I frustratingly find... Uh, that I wind up sounding like me no matter what I plug into. You know, there's minor differences, but it still winds up, you know, like you know, you always thought if I got the Eddie Van Halen amp, I'll finally get that. And it's it's so hands-driven.
0: Huh. Uh, tremendously, tremendously. Um, I toured with Leslie West for three years on and off in the mid-'80s when TS wasn't playing. Joe Franco and I would go out, Leslie West, and – he's one of my like probably the top guitar hero of mine um, uh I, I, you're familiar with Leslie oh, of course yeah. and uh growing up as a kid i would try to emulate him you know the chords the way he played chords the way he played leads i mean believe me i love the million other guitar players also but uh i would try it so hard to emulate him and sometimes I think I was doing a good job even up until when I played with him so we're out on tour together doing clubs you know it was a lot of fun and uh, he never made soundcheck I mean never we never rehearsed Joe and I did but we're playing Toad's Place up in Connecticut and he shows up for the soundcheck it's great man so we go up we do three or four songs and all he does is turn the volume down on his Les Paul and put it in a guitar stand and he's He's going to just a couple of pedals and two Marshall half stacks. So as he's starting to walk up the stage, I said, "Leslie, can I try it?" He goes, "Yeah, go <laughs> I don't want to imitate him, but yeah, go ahead." You know, so he's standing at about thirty feet. You know, I get up there and I blast chords the way he does, right? The big, the huge chords, right? And then I go, I start doing one of his leads. You know, like I think it was from Theme for an Imaginary Western, and he's waving his arms just like this, hold it, animal, stop, stop, stop. What's up, Leslie? He goes, stay with the cords. (laughs) So as much as you try to do it, and Joe Joe Franco and the other guys there were like, wow, you did a great job. I mean, you know, but it's still not Leslie West. And the point of explaining that is it's the hands. It's mostly the hands. So I bet you everything... Every guitar you pick up. If I handed you a Les Paul, it would still sound like you.
1: Yeah, I mean that's been the funny thing. I mean, I've, I've gotten to know a lot of great guitar players. We toured with Nuno, toured with Zach. Yeah, uh, Zach, oh, uh, incredible! All these guys, and it's and and, uh, and Zach actually, you know, at that time, you was on stage with him. He was showing me his different head things on the course, and the and, choruses, and you should try this and try that. And you know, the second I picked up a guitar, it sounds like me. And the second he picks it up, it sounds like him. It, it, it's you know, and you talk about people like Jeff Beck or Eddie Van Halen or you know any of those monster players. I mean, it's just it, it ain't the amp, it ain't the guitar. It's it's the player. Yeah,
0: no matter what you what you play through, no matter what you do, you know. But I don't know. Let's let's talk a little bit about guitar, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I've been in many club bands. I see many club bands, you know, whether they're original or copy. So I have some friends that are in club bands, and they play copy tunes, right? Um, and you see them playing the copy songs, the guitars exactly like whoever band you're in. Like whether they're doing a Van Halen song, or an ACDC song, or Judas Priest, or, or even, you know, some pop hits by the Beatles, or something like that. And like, so I've seen some utility musicians that are unbelievable, uh, really incredible. But um, to me, my heart lays with guys like you or Eddie Van Halen or or Ingve or anybody who or Leslie West that develop a style all their own. Can we
1: just can we just get a cut of this part of the interview. Where you just said me and Eddie Van Halen. I just need that in my resume. That's that's. Oh, did I'm I done. did I just make that mistake? I think you just made that mistake. But I I, I just I just need that on a loop. For the rest of my life. I want that to be my new alarm clock. <laughs> oh, your ringtone? <laughs> I want it to just constantly, whenever I have anything go on, the doorbell is going to say, you and Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> the doorbell. <laughs> so, what, But you have a unique style
0: on guitar. I mean, I, I could easily point you out, just like I could Eddie Van Halen or Leslie West, you know, or Billy Gibbons, or you know, any, any one of the greats, Ingvae, all of them. You know, you could you yeah. say they they have something that's theirs, you know, and you notice it no matter who who it is. You know, uh, uh, it, yeah, it, it, you're right, uh, right there with all of those guys. You really oh, are. Man.
1: Well, that's very very kind of you, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just as a fan of all those guys. I mean, it's it, it's it's just you know, I think we all start from the same places of you know. Our idols and kind of absorbing that stuff and then i think uh the is specifically more as a songwriter or just my interpretation of music is a little different than most people i know because i actually grew up in a situation where i never played covers um yeah. so i was never in a cover band so even to this day like mm-hmm. i'm the worst guy when someone's like you know hey let's play whipping post i'm like uh <laughs> but after that, I'm done. You know, uh, I don't. I don't know any covers. Um, right. And then I think, but but what I do have is an imagination. So where my originality comes from is my imagination ripping off things poorly, which sounds really original. Uh, you know, my inability to do it note for note all of a sudden comes off. And I think you get more and more confident as a musician over time, and and you find out what you like and your tendencies and. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, each one of those guys you mentioned, I mean, you know, they're, they're, there's there's no one like him. There's no. a million people that tried to be Ingve. I can point Ingve out within 30 seconds of anything sure. he's doing the way he plays. Sure. And I mean, Eddie Van Halen's untouchable. Beck yeah. is untouchable. Yeah. Jimmy Page, untouchable. untouchable. These guys all have their thing, and uh, that's what makes great music.
0: Yeah, uh, the, the, tremendous, absolutely tremendous. You know, um, it wasn't until, I'm telling you, I'm not even really kidding on this one, it wasn't until in the last couple of, three or four years, or maybe still when TS was playing, you know, five or six years ago, because I never really thought about these questions that I got at that point, because nobody ever really asked me. Like, you know, like, like I would get, oh, who is, you know, where'd you get your feel on bass from, or where'd you get these riffs from? So, um and I never really thought of it before that because people would see me play other music, you know, with other bands and other types of music. I just never, ever thought about um, where it all really came from. And I really had to think, like, how does that work? Where did that come from? And and I still can't answer all of it. I really can't. I, 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 you know, I don't it's,
1: know, it's really fun because, like, getting to play with you, um, and this has been, you know, it's come to me numerous times through different people. But, you know, playing with you on a Twisted Sister song, it's like, you know, and me and Phil Demel were, you know,
0: you know... You guys were great. Yeah, it was a lot of but fun. But, you know,
1: you're like, that... Holy, that that's that's the bass player. Yeah. That's the bass player from Twisted Yeah, you, There's a million guys that can stand up there and play the part. But that's not the way... That's the way it's supposed to be played. Yeah. And I had the same experience when I did a I did a guitar clinic with a Head from Porn. And we never met each other, we were talking, and, and uh, so we're doing, everybody's doing like 15 minutes with me and Bumblefoot and Head and uh, Troy Sanders from Mastodon, and uh, oh yeah. and, uh, and and so Head starts playing a corn riff, and you know, you've walked into every guitar center for the last 10 years hearing kids play that riff, of the course. different riffs, and the second he started playing it, I'm like, oh my god, that's the guy that plays the corn riff, like, <laughs> it, it just, it's like, that's the guy that, you know, it sounds like those people, and that's the magic of it. And I think that's, you know, not, I'm into electronic music and I think it's amazing, but, you know, I can't play a space bar on my laptop any different than you can. No right. matter how yeah. I touch it, you know, with what right. finger, it's still going to be the end yeah. result exactly the same. Exactly. Sure. And uh, our instruments give us that ability to kind of express ourselves as individuals. Even though they're similar instruments, you can really put a lot of yourself in it. And that's a kind of cool thing.
0: That's a good way of putting it that that really is a good way of putting it. So yeah, and and um just to go back on the other thing and I can't even pinpoint all of it. Some of it I understand. Um you know, I grew up listening as a young child to swing music because that's what my parents were into. You know, and I I I kind of realized that that's what I got the feel of the bass from, you know, that walking that bass when I do that kind of stuff. I mean, right. I play with a a local band Joe rock and the All stars, and the drummer in the band, Gene Lenevsky, said to me quite a few years ago going, "You walk better than any jazz bass player I've ever played with i'm like oh, give me a break man i 'm a rock player He goes, No, you do the feel that you have doing it and I'm like, all right, well, thank you, you know, but I, I don't know where it came from, but you know you, you, they people make you think about it, and then you, you got to go back and say, well, I used to listen to this guy or I grew up on this or or uh you know, and there was some you know famous rock bass players that I just don't even realize that I latched onto. Whether it was John Paul Jones, he had an incredible feel, or he still does. Yeah. You know, Greg Ridley from Humble Pie was brutal on bass as a feel. Oh. You know, um, James Jameson, You know, Stevie Wonder. You know, with who played with Stevie Wonder played on all those hits. We got another guy with incredible feel.
1: So it's, it's funny, like it should be obvious to us. But the greats I don't, I, are yeah. great for a reason. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, Sure, yeah. sure. And you just they, take that stuff for granted. Like the guy. Yeah, it would really make a lot of sense that the guy playing with Stevie Wonder was amazing. You know, beyond I mean? amazing. It's
0: like, beyond
1: you know, amazing. And, and, and John Paul Jones and all these guys. I mean, and uh, and again, the beauty of that is it's the same instrument. But whether it's John Paul Jones, Jaco Pastorius, or you know. Whatever. Everybody has their voice.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, but I never thought about all of that until people started asking me, did you ever listen to this guy or that guy? And I'm like, well, yeah, I did. I never particularly like sat down and copied someone, but it's the stuff that influences you when you're really young. I yeah, I think yeah, that, sure. that really does it. Because I, I remember when I was really young, I mean, I, I don't know, like five or six years old, and I'd hear music in the middle of the night and I would sneak out of my room, and my parents moved the coffee table around, away, out of the way, and there they are, dancing the swing music. You know like, those are,
1: wow. Those are things that, yeah, leave it in front. I mean, that's it. I mean, I remember as a kid. I mean, my first music stuff was a weird amalgamation of like, AM Gold. Uh, I remember the Fifth Dimension eight-track. You know, with up, up and away, and you know, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, and those harmonies. Yeah. Uh, And meet the Beatles. I remember that on A Track. Of course. And, uh, you know, all that stuff. And that's the thing that kind of shaped me and gave me my kind of my take on things is just that I grew up in a really bizarre, limitless. So I was listening to Barry Manilow and Ozzy, Neil Sedaka and Maiden. And like, I just love great songs. So it didn't matter to me what the genre was. You know, Miles Davis and Bjork. And Tom Waits and this—it it all kind of seeps in. Just of course. you know, great players and great music
0: is great music. I want to—I want to read something to you that's on the chat, and I can't see the name so well. Is it Bashad mm-hmm. Kawasari or something? Oh yes, my good friend. All right, so he says it's the same way when Jason plays "Love Is on the Way." You've heard others play it, but then you hear the guy play it, and you're in awe. I'll uh-huh. Let that go to well, your head.
1: Tell him I'll venmo him later <laughs> all right, Bashad
0: he'll venue you later it's it. venmo venmo, God I'm tripping over myself tonight, I'm sorry, Venmo you later, yes, but uh yeah that's that's just so true, you know, because the same thing when I got on stage with Leslie West, I play his guitar, then you have the guy pick up the guitar, and whoa, oh, man, nobody has bigger notes than him.
1: that's just the beauty of it man
0: it is it really is it it's uh. It's phenomenal. So um, you've got a ton of solo stuff out there, and you just came out with another album.
1: The new album's coming April 14th. Yeah. Uh, we've put up uh, a few singles so far, which are kind of on this EP, Heathen's EP, which is out right. as we speak. Right. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough last year or a year and a half ago to do a, my first solo record, um, and I had a bunch of friends So I had everybody from Butch Walker to Devin Townsend and David Ellison and Bumblefoot and, uh, Clint Lowry from seven dust. And yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, all my friends, I mean, I'm Clay cook from the Zach Brown band, Andy Black sugar again, who's a brilliant. And, uh, and then, then, I did this new record had a bunch of friends on it. So Marco Miniman, uh, is on flying monkeys. Who's, uh, about as good of a drummer as you can have. Edu Combinato who's a Brazilian monster drummer, uh, and uh, rio akamoto on keys on a couple of tracks who's in spock's beard and all these different you know, amazing bands and um yeah and uh, todd kearns from you know slashing the conspirators yep, and Tuca, a yep, yep. brilliant bass player too and, and i've just had more fun uh the last couple of years being able to collaborate with musicians like this than i've ever had i mean it's just unbelievable to see what they can do and how they do what they do and it's been uh I feel like i'm just at the uh, you know unlike a lot of things like you know even like you know i've said this before but like sports or whatever like you know you have a window of opportunity where whether it's 30 or 35 or maybe you hit 40 but you're gonna peak music seems to me like something where i think you can i, I feel like you can keep getting better not necessarily always more successful or have bigger heads but you can keep getting better at at writing and, and 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 playing and it's kind of a journey that can carry you for as long as you uh, before you shuffle off the mortal coil, so to speak so it's uh it's been an amazing uh, amazing couple of years so far yeah it
0: really is i mean uh you know getting to meet you guys um and uh now um, having you on the show with me and and uh it it's it's different
1: you're a different character well. Cool. I, th- I hope you mean that in a good way, but and, thank uh,
0: you. Yes, in a, in a very good way. A, definitely a very not
1: different, way. like the guy that you switch sides of the street when you're walking to Manhattan. Like you know, here comes a different I, character. I don't.
0: I don't switch sides of streets for, for anybody. You're
1: you're you're, yeah. you're a special kind of guy.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't walk on the other side for anybody. But in any case, um, so a couple more questions. Um, sure. Besides, you know, everybody knows you from what you've done in the past and what you're doing now. Do you like other types of music? Do you listen
1: to something other than rock or metal or? or, Yeah, I listen to everything. I'm a huge jazz fan, especially over the last five to six years. Gotten into a ton of stuff. You know, John Coltrane, Miles Davis, yeah, yeah. uh, Wayne Shorter. You know, all all those those greats. Uh, I love a lot of ambient music, uh, a lot of electronic music. Um, I love a lot of new music. I love you know Animals as Leaders. I love Haken. uh, Animals as Leaders. That's me. Exactly, uh, I I would like to be part of that lawsuit. Stop them. <laughs> but um, yeah, I find I have never loved more music than I love it right now. I mean, and I listen to everything. I mean, so whether it's pop or you know, I love Lizzo. Uh, I like a lot of the new Harry Styles stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always looking and listening to, listen into, you know, classical stuff, everything. I mean, I just I, I I spend if I'm not making it, I am listening to it. So,
0: if you ever got a chance to play something completely different, would you do it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I I try to do it as as is now. I mean, yes, you see Jeffs in my show. I mean, we yes. from the Carpenters to the Slayer is a pretty wide. <laughs> That's
0: that is that is. So, um, one of our fans here. He, here's a loaded question: At what point did Jason realize he was a genius?
1: Um, again, I'd like to record this portion of the clip, if you don't mind. If you guys can send that to me, <laughs> I, I I don't. E- I mean, I would never think of myself like that. I mean, uh, but I feel. But feel free to say it to me when you see me. I, mean, I don't. Fine.
0: I don't think of you like that either. Uh,
1: I, I mean, I just do what I do, and I, I yeah. mean, I focus on making music and being a part of that, and and the fact that people respond to it in any way at all. The fact that I've gotten this far in life and no one's put me in a home is a it's a gift you know what I mean? It's like not a, the,
0: far from that now though not far
1: not far not, not far at all you know so for, for me to, to be creative to work with friends you know getting to know you and all these different people like we talked about and make music and and you know like i said i mean it, it, i mean yes we always had these aspirations of like the big bands like the beatles or you know queen and and zeppelin but you know I don't think you get luckier than me in terms of. I've spent my entire adult life as a musician from 18 till now. Um, and what are you? 22 now? I'm 26. 26. Okay. Uh, and uh, I mean, you just don't get any luckier. Yeah, and that's that's a great
0: way of looking at it, without a doubt. Uh, you know, I always say to people, I've had a a long, colorful life in the music industry. I certainly have. But um, you know, it and it's. A great, refreshing way um, to uh, hear someone else say that and, and recognize it.
1: Yeah, man. There's there's people that get up at you know four in the morning in the freezing cold to go dig trenches to put pipes in. Yeah, I am in no position to complain. <laughs>
0: yes, I'm familiar with that. Yes, without a doubt. Um, so everybody's gonna now that I've uh, threatened everybody, they're gonna all have to come out. Whatever city. Uh, you're going to be in and play. They're all going to show up. Awesome. Banging the doors down to get to you.
1: As they should, because I'm a genius. You heard it. You know, me and Eddie Van Halen, if I can quote you. uh...
0: Yeah, you sure you want to go that route? No, no, no. I don't think so. I said it, not you. (laughs) Okay. But um, truly great, you know, just thank you. So we're not done. we got a couple more things to talk about real quickly. Um, The the ideas, and um, it's tough to ask because I don't know exactly how to state it, but the ideas, now that I've been around you and hung around you and uh, watched you play, um, it is amazing how I look at what I do and I look at what you do, and it's not really that far apart. Right, You know, it really isn't that far apart. And um, we've never worked together before Um, and don't know each other that well because we only met really about a year ago,
1: a little less than a year ago. But uh, but I always tell you, I met you in Jason Flom's office. Yes, I you forgot me. No. I could have sworn you said to me, you said, hey, this kid and Eddie Van Halen remind me of when you were in Jason Flom's office. It was 93. You don't remember that? I never said that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but uh, you were, on the way out, I could have sworn you, you said, "Now that kid." You were a in
0: Jason Flom's office. Yes. Yes, you are. You were. Yes, I do remember that. Okay. And uh, so, um, but yeah, it's just um, it's it's uncanny and it's amazing how uh, you know we get up here on this show and discuss things like this, and it's 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 funny, it's it's eye opening, and. uh you're a great guy, man. You
1: really are. Oh, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure and thrill getting to know you because, like I told you, you guys were heroes to me as a kid. Getting to see you out in L.A. and, you know, obviously the Metal Hall of Fame thing was awesome. Uh, and then, you know, to consider you a friend now is, is just unbelievable. And, yeah. I mean, I look forward to, being, you know, doing some creative stuff with you in the future as well. Real close. Real close. As long as you're ready for it. I'm as ready as I can be. And put your seatbelt on because it's on a hell of a ride. I'm, I'm down. I'm down with the uh, the sickness, as the kids say. <laughs> Laura,
0: we're posting where they're going to be and what the dates are and everything. It's up for the third it's, time. It's up for the third time, and we will continue to put it on our website and everywhere else so everybody can uh, go see you guys. Listen, everybody watching and listening, because there are some people who just listen on uh, on some of the, uh, the uh, other sites, um, it is a great show with uh, Jeff. And uh, Jason, it is funny, it is brilliant, and it is freaking entertaining, man. It really is. Um, I, I get bored quickly with just about anything, but they had my attention the whole time. You know, they really did. Uh, the guys are great, it's funny, it's musical, and you're going to walk out of there going, I, I need more, I want more. You know, so uh, you got to go see the guys. They're uh, playing in. Uh, let's see. Uh, God, are playing in Philly, Philly, uh, New York, Boston, Boston and Boston. Connecticut. And where's the fourth one? Connecticut, Connecticut. So uh, everybody, look it up. It'll be on our our sites, and you can go and buy tickets because they go on sale this Friday, and uh, 10 a.m. this Friday. All for all four events, uh, the tickets go on sale. Make sure you put it in your schedule and go. Because if you don't, you, I won't be so nice to you when I finally meet you.
1: <laughs> Greatest promotion I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs>
0: and that's an easy one. Wait till it gets rough. But, um, hey, listen, man. Thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight. It was a lot of fun. It was certainly some great laughter. And um, you are one hell of a flying monkey.
1: I I, uh, I appreciate that, my friend. And thank you guys so much for having me on. And, and uh, it, will yeah.
0: it will happen in the near future again, you know. Um, of course, and I was talking to Jeff not too long ago about if, if we can at some point get you guys on the show here and we'll do an hour or so of just playing
1: and doing stuff Right here and laughing at ourselves. That'd be awesome, you know, and, uh, and hopefully we can convince you to play a couple songs with us in New York City. Yeah, um, you know, let's talk
0: about that. I'll, uh, I'll play whatever you want me to, you know, however many, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I'm there, That's awesome. you know, I'm there without a doubt. Everybody, the amazing, the great, incredible Jason Mueller. Thank you so very much. All right. Man, thank you so much. We will talk in the near future. I already wrote a couple of things I'd like you to hear and uh, you know, put your magic to it.
1: I appreciate it, my friend. I'm looking forward to it.
0: And we're going to make it work. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Thank you. I'm Mark Mendoza. That is definitely Jason Beeler, And thank you for tuning in tonight. So stay hungry, stay well, and stay with everything, and stay out of trouble. And we'll see you every Tuesday night, New York time, 7 p.m., right here at 22 Now on Area 22 Productions. Good night, everybody. See you next time.